If. If, if what? If you love me, you'd send me some money. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Take your meds. That's what we say in nursing. If you're happy, <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, take your meds. <laughs> okay. I am uh, Carl. I'm an addict alcoholic in my sobriety days. August 22nd, 2014. Wow. I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic and my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is tired, Carl, by the way. Okay. I'm very tired today. And this is Sober Pod. <laughs> Sober Pod is the podcast about recovery that doesn't sound like a podcast about recovery. We are not experts or professionals, just a varying number of deeply flawed individuals with good intentions. If you would like to hear about the 12 steps, check out season two of 2019 for the years long coverage of 50 plus episodes. And it goes without saying, we do not speak for any recovery groups or organizations. And as always, we encourage you to listen in moderation. Ooh. Yay. Hey, Yay. we got another voicemail. Ooh. Ooh, I'm excited. And it's um, it's somebody that we've we've talked about a lot. Somebody I really care deeply for, right? Who is it? Well, I imagine, you know, he was, you know, on his cell phone walking from the cabin to the bar. And then uh, and then he was on his he was on Facebook and he saw that it was my belly button birthday. And so then he decided to leave me a message. So it was your uh, birthday. It was my belly button birthday, which, I, you know, it's so weird. You know, when you get sober, it's kind of like and after many years of sobriety birthday versus belly button birthday like the belly it just doesn't matter anymore the belly button birthday does it like oh, I, i'm I, way more stoked about my sobriety birthday than yeah, my me actual too. birthday yeah uh, it's, and they're it's, two days apart so <laughs> well that's kind of cool actually yeah that, yeah it's kind of neat um so so of course you know i um i didn't really i didn't even acknowledge it really i even forgot about it and the only thing really you know, we were getting another puppy today so, uh, so I was more excited about the puppy than anything. Right? <laughs> so, um, but either way, so, uh, so, is so it I'm today? A, is your birthday no, today? It was, it was yesterday. Ooh, are so, you a Scorpio? I, I am. Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? A Scorpio. <laughs> All right. So here, here is, uh, somebody that you guys, you know, know and love, but you guys don't know that you know and love, um, cause we talk about him all the time, but here he is. Ready? Uh, hey, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, this is Mike from Nova Scotia. Just wanting to uh, wish Carl a happy birthday. Okay, then. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you notice his okay, accent? Then. Did you? <laughs> okay, you, then. You betcha, Mike. Th thanks for dialing in there, Mike. <laughs> you did pretty good there. You betcha. Yeah, thanks, We love Mike. Mike from Nova Scotia. He's got his pop in his bag on his boat on his lake. In Nova Scotia. <laughs> That's what he's got there, eh? Well, thank you for calling in, Mike. It's been a pleasure you know, producing the show for you. And uh, I just, you know, if you'd like to call in more, that'd be great. And uh, and, and by the way, uh, if you know anybody named Chuck, fuck you too, Chuck. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> no. We love you, uh, Chuck. Yeah, thank you, Chuck. Um, and then, so we also had a, a listener. Um, uh, well, well, I'm going to okay. We we found out before the show that that uh, the listener mailbag is what we used to call it in our when in in my generation. And, and I was like, Carl, what's a mailbag? <laughs> like, what mail carries carriers towed around? Like, you know the 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 mailbag. The and then the, I was like, the is this an old mailbag? guy reference? It is yeah, an old guy is. reference. Yep. So we're gonna call it the listener inbox. <laughs> okay. We're gonna call it your the DMs. <laughs> from the from the people, okay. Yeah, Carl. So, so that we got like a, we got a direct message from one of our listeners, and then uh, Chelsea's gonna gonna read one of those. And it was based on the last episode too, so it, it really did answer the question, uh, you know, about getting into um, uh, you know, an emotional entanglement. I think this is a really good cautionary tale, so I think it, it's worth reading the entire thing. Uh, go for it, Chelsea. Okay, so yeah, I definitely got myself into a hell of an entanglement in recovery. 
I got married two months after we met because sure, I was sure she was the one. Well, needless to say, we separated a few months after I relapsed. However, that was not the only reason why we split. It was because we didn't know each other. I think back now and ask myself, what the fuck were you thinking, V? <laughs> are you really surprised you are separated? Well, today I am working on myself and continuing my journey with my recovery and all the hot mess of my sex inventory. Today I know I am not ready for a love relationship until I can untangle the emotions, thoughts, and actions that trigger my impulse behavior. Thanks for bringing up the issue of not knowing what love is as well, because if I am being honest, I don't think I know what that is as well. Hmm. Ain't that the truth? Isn't that you wonderful? Know, yeah. And you know what? I really loved that episode. I think it was awesome. And I'm so glad that it resonated with uh, V. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm well, sure so. Uh, the uh, we we said the question was like, did you have a rehab romance and how did it turn out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I guess yeah, it was not necessarily rehab romance, or maybe it was, but uh, um, but I think people did respond to it too. That uh, in the in the Spotify questions, there was uh, Stratocasterski. <laughs> the only <laughs> it's the only way I could say that without fucking it up. It, uh, it says not in rehab, but early recovery. I went crazy on the thirteenth step until my sponsor thankfully shut me down probably saved my life and then mm. chuck says uh uh married <laughs> that's all there is to yes it. yeah married, married. <laughs> so so signing in married for sure so yeah I, I think the cautionary tale is there you know for reasons you know it's uh mm -hmm. it definitely is uh yeah and i yeah we i've spotted it you know early in recovery too like when i was sober when i was younger same kind of thing so yeah it was a good episode definitely was um, so what are we doing in this episode? We are doing Living Sober. Living Sober. I can get twice as high. I do yep. a white man's overbite right now. If you guys were just <laughs> listening to <Two> women's. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, so there is that. So we're doing Living Sober. And if you guys didn't know, that's what we do uh, currently for this season anyway, or for this part of the season, is we are listening to the Living Sober. We're on chapter 25, so you guys can go back and listen to, oh my gosh, isn't that just a lot of, we've that's only crazy. done a couple doubles too. That's so, like 25, um, that's like a full day of podcasts. Yeah, no shit, huh? <laughs> it's like, so uh, so you, you can go back starting at the New Beginnings, I think it was back in March or something like that, and, uh, and then you can listen to us as we listen to uh the audio version of living sober book and it's from um uh you know alcoholics anonymous uh and uh so we listen to the to the chapter and then we respond to what has been read by some wonderful voice talent and some old sayings in an old book <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh so so that's what we're doing. So you guys can go back and catch up if you want, or just keep listening to this episode. Uh, do, do we have anything to, to, to share right off the bat? Any, any, any news, any announcements? Uh, no, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I'm not either. So uh, oh, darn. Okay. Check that off. Ah, shucks. But I, I could think be. So I slept I with all the right do. people. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't have any real announcements either. Uh, other than that, then let's do this. Okay, so um, so I'm not going to discuss this. I'm not going to say anything about what I'm doing right now, about sharing the window, or uh, the, the the sharing the audio. I'm not I'm not doing any of that right now. Okay, you're just is. filling the dead space, just, right? Just <laughs> the dead space, so I don't have to make this little edit. All right. So this is called what? Uh, getting out of the if trap. Uh, chapter 25 from Living Sober. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm pumped. Let the healing begin. 25. Getting out of the if trap. Emotional entanglements with people are not the only way we can get our sobriety dangerously hooked to something extraneous. Some of us have a tendency to put other conditions on our sobriety without intending to. One AA member says, 
We drunks are very iffy people. During our drinking days, we were often full of ifs as well as liquor. A lot of our daydreams started out, if only. And we were continually saying to ourselves that we wouldn't have gotten drunk if something or other hadn't happened, or that we wouldn't have any drinking problem at all, if only. Note. Some of us AAs refer to ourselves as drunks no matter how long we have been sober. Others prefer alcoholics. There are good reasons for both terms. Drunks is lighthearted, tends to keep the ego down to size, and reminds us of our proneness to drinking. Alcoholics is equally honest, but more dignified and more in keeping with the now widely accepted idea that alcoholism is a perfectly respectable illness, not just willful self-indulgence. We all followed up that last if with our own explanations, excuses, for our drinking. Each of us thought, I wouldn't be drinking this way if it wasn't for my wife or husband or lover. If I just had more money and not so many debts. If it wasn't for all these family problems. If I wasn't under so much pressure. If I had a better job or a better place to live. If people understood me. If the state of the world wasn't so lousy, if human beings were kinder, more considerate, more honest, if everybody else didn't expect me to drink, if it wasn't for the war, any war, and on If and I only on had on. a brain. <laughs> Looking back at this kind of thinking and our resultant behavior, we see now that we were really letting circumstances outside ourselves control much of our lives. When we first stopped drinking, a lot of those circumstances recede to their proper places in our minds. At the personal level, many of them really clear up as soon as we start staying sober and we begin to see what we may be able to do about the others someday. Meanwhile, our life is much, much better sober, no matter what else may be going on. But then, after a sober while, for some of us, there comes a time when, plop, a new discovery slaps us in the face. That same old Diggity. iffy thinking habit of our drinking days has, without our seeing it, attached itself to not drinking. Unconsciously, we have placed conditions on our sobriety. We have begun to think sobriety is just fine if everything goes well or if nothing goes wrong. In effect, we are ignoring the biochemical, unchangeable nature of our ailment. Alcoholism respects no ifs. It does not go away, not for a week, for a day, or even for an hour, leaving us non-alcoholic and able to drink again on some special occasion or for some extraordinary reason, not even if it is a once-in-a-lifetime celebration or if a big sorrow hits us or if it rains in Spain or the stars fall on Alabama. Alcoholism is, for us, unconditional, with no dispensations available at any price. It may take a little while to get that knowledge into the marrow of our bones, and we sometimes do not recognize the conditions we have unconsciously attached to our recovery until something goes wrong through no fault of ours. Then, whammy, there it is. We had not counted on Plot, this happening. whammy! <laughs> the thought of a drink is natural in the face of a shocking disappointment. If we don't get the raise, promotion, or job we counted on, or if our love life goes awry, or if somebody mistreats us, then we can see that maybe all along we have been banking on circumstances to help us want to stay sober. Somewhere buried in a hidden convolution of our gray matter, we had a tiny reservation, a condition on our sobriety. And it was just waiting to pounce. We were going along thinking, yep, sobriety is great and I intend to keep at it. We didn't even hear the whispered reservation. That is, if everything goes my way. Those ifs we cannot afford. We have to stay sober no matter how life treats us, no matter whether non-alcoholics appreciate our sobriety or not. We have to keep our sobriety independent of everything else, not entangled with any people and not hedged in by any possible cop-outs or conditions. Over and over, we have found we cannot stay sober long just for the sake of wife, husband, children, lover, parents, other relative or friend, 
not for the sake of a job, nor to please a boss or doctor or judge or creditor, not for anyone other than ourselves. Tying up our sobriety to any person, even another recovered alcoholic, or to any circumstance is foolish and dangerous. When we think, I'll stay sober if, or I won't drink because of, fill in any circumstance other than our own desire to be well for health's own sake, we unwittingly set ourselves up to drink when the condition or person or circumstance changes, and any of these may change at any moment. Independent, unaffiliated with anything else, our sobriety can grow strong enough to enable us to cope with anything and everybody. And as you'll see, we start liking that feeling too. I agree. Yes, sirree. Yes, sirree, Bobby. Isn't uh, you know? It's <laughs> funny, like how um, how just like s simple paragraphs could really help you get a really great concept. I mean, it's a short little chapter, but mm -hmm. it's it really is like uh, because how many people actually fall into this uh, if trap? You know, it, it. I mean, it's a lot, actually. If, when I was, when I was, I feel like almost everyone really <laughs> to will a fall into degree, it at right? some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, um, I definitely, I see a lot of my thinking in here mm. early on. You know, um, uh, especially some of the thinking about, um, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, if only like, uh. Like if it wasn't for my wife or if it, if I just had more money or if, you know, and for me it was like, you know, if, if I, uh, um, you know, if you have my life, you'd drink too kind of a thing, you know, that, mm. that like, you know, if you were raised like I was raised, like you'd, you'd, yeah, you'd probably exactly. have to fucking pound a few to get to bed at night too. Right. And mm. it was just like, and then again, it's like, well, you know, I work so hard. So, you know, it's like, if I didn't have to work so much because, because of my shitty childhood that I had because of I was always behind the eight ball because of, I mean I could layer that shit on shit on shit mm -hmm. until like you know I could justify you know at least six drinks <laughs> so you know what I mean it was it was like this it was, it was kind of like a blend of like you know this if trap plus the woe is me trap like I yep. was a I was a I was a victim on top of poor me on top of like you know this if if I didn't have all this shit right yeah. so um what about you did you ever fall into this this uh um if it wasn't for my 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 husband or lover <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i never placed blame on on that i would say that i like internally i don't know that i necessarily said this outwardly to anyone but yeah, yeah. same thing if you had my childhood if you had been through the trauma that i had then certainly you would understand and you would drink too like yeah, yeah. um and then also like you name it it yeah. i could blame my drinking on it um it could be because you know someone hit my car today it could be because it's raining outside it it didn't matter it was just another excuse to make me feel less shitty about drinking as much as I did every single day. Mm -hmm. Um just trying to justify it to keep that denial strong that it isn't a problem. It's it's just what I do. It's how I cope with life and it's fine. There's not a problem here. Yeah, it's funny you, you talk about like um you didn't say it to anybody. I didn't really say it to anybody either, right? And one mm -hmm. of my bigger things that I never said to anybody was uh um you know if you if it, again, it's just the voice just in my head. You know, mm -hmm. if you knew how much of a piece of shit I was, you'd drink too, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like this low self-esteem. Again, all selfish and self-centered, you know, because it's all about me after all, right? <laughs> but but if you knew how much of a piece of shit I was, you you would excuse my drinking, right? Because that's just who I am, right? Because our, I deserve it. Right. I deserve to check out of this fucking mess, you know, and yeah. uh, and that's just it. But, you know, what I really like back, uh, uh, really like back. I was reading it at the same time. It says uh, the next paragraph says, like, looking back, this kind of thinking and or the resulting behavior. Uh, 
we we see now that we were really letting circumstances outside ourselves control much of our lives. And this is the type of thing like in recovery that I completely like fight against all the time. Like this is like to me, it was like, oh, this is the battle. Right. Because Mm -hmm. even though I'm not drinking and even though I'm like not consuming drugs or whatever, I there's all these other things still vying for control from the outside in a certain kind of a way. So this is like what I fight for all the time with like my life now, which is to try to not let these other things, these outside influences control like my life. And it's just, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's cool when you get some victories over that shit because you stay, (laughs) the longer you stay in this, the more of those things you knock off that out of your, out of that control of your life kind of, you know, thing. So I, I just, I, it's funny because like that's, it kind of led into the solution for that stuff. So, um, so what other excuses did you have? Any excuses, quote unquote? Um, I mean, all my friends do it. Uh, Mm. family does it. They drink hard. Like I have a job, you know, I'm not homeless under a bridge, you know, drinking out in the snow. Um, you know, just that, that cliche of what everyone, at least what I thought an alcoholic looked like, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't that. And, um, you know, as long as everything was going smoothly in that, like my life wasn't completely uh, falling apart. I didn't take into account my mental health, which was a shit show. Um, but then that That would be saying, (laughs) (laughs) but you know as long as like everything was moving along like i had no reason to change period that's the the, like they talked about like uh, in that the unconscious beliefs right or unconscious thoughts like Mm -hmm. uh you know it's that um you know i i'm not brown bagging it i'm not under the Mm -hmm. the you know the bridge i'm not you know sleeping in a dumpster these are like you know uh, like we never say these things out loud, right? But but you mm-hmm. know it's like, but again it's like, those are the things that we kind of hold up as like, well here's the mark of an alcoholic, right? Like here's the yeah. this is what the definition is, and so then therefore I'm ne- and then the best part is is like, you know, uh, you, I w- when you get to change your definition and so to so to justify not being an alcoholic, like because yeah. to me like if you would have said like what is an alcoholic see before i started drinking every day i would have said an alcoholic is somebody who drinks every day right <laughs> exactly <laughs> then when i started drinking every day i'd be like no 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 <laughs> an no alcoholic. but not like not like me like <laughs> yeah 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 no he drinks 24 <laughs> 7 yeah exactly <laughs> not the eight hours that i attend to it <laughs> you, you know what i mean I just, and that was so, another thing for me too is i thought how how can I be an alcoholic when I don't drink during business hours? I don't drink in the morning, yeah. um, you know. But but did you never said these things to anybody else? Did you? No, of course no. not. So. Because I didn't. If I had said something, well, first of all, I still believe I kept it under wraps pretty well, other than the occasional party I would go to and make a complete fool of myself. Uh, most people didn't realize that I was drinking a lot every single night. And mm. other than my boyfriend, you know, who also was drinking with me every night. So. Well, you drink too if you had a boyfriend drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? It's just how it goes, right? We have so many good excuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so then I guess, um, you know, I, 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 I I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to try and bring it up in a way that this person doesn't know that I'm talking about him. I saw the other day on a, um, on a, uh, like Facebook or something, like somebody talking about, um, not wanting to say that they're an alcoholic, right? Cause you know, I brought it up like, you know, we're drunks or we're alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in the notes here. It's actually, it was an asterisk. That's why I read it at that time. But, um, it, it got me to thinking when I, when I heard that, it was like, uh, I heard this dude talk the other day. Oh, you we're not, uh, I don't want to call myself an alcoholic. I'm an ex-alcoholic, right? And I, <laughs> I was just. You can't yeah. see me, but I'm kind of like looking around <laughs> trying to figure out what that entails, but go on. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, you know, it's like, you know, because, you know, um, 
I don't know what the, what the justification was to it, but I just what I when I sat there watching this video, going like, "Are you? Are you know, it's 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 almost like you just again, it's word games and you're playing like a trick on yourself a little bit, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, um, so you know, so I you know I sat there and I watched this and I was like, oh, it just seems a little dus- delusional. It's like you know, you know, you wouldn't call yourself you know, it's like they want to call themselves like an ex alcoholic because because they're no longer drinking and i kind of get i get a little bit of that but let me just kind of rephrase it so if you're thinking like you know again this is where it comes down to really feeling it in your bones you know it talked about feeling that in your bones and you really yeah you understand that down to your marrow right that you're an alcoholic and i think that's kind of the idea yeah it's really like first step shit right like it's really mm-hmm. like you know you're not going to progress until you really kind of embrace this thing and and to me, when you're kicking around ex-alcoholic versus like, you know, I'm an alcoholic or whatever, you're trying to find like a, a some wiggle room out of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you and it and I go like, if you were a diabetic, right, mm-hmm. and you know, and you were taking your your um you know your insulin, right, would you call yourself an ex-diabetic? <laughs> Right? great illustration yeah right you know you wouldn't right you'd be like i'm an alcoholic right you know it's like yeah. it's that's the idea it's like because you're in programming in recovery doing the work you're going to meetings you're doing the things you know it's like you're you're not an ex-alcoholic i'm sorry like you're an alcoholic because i mean literally you know you pick up the you once you stop taking your medication right addressing all your physical and mental needs blah 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 spiritually as well then you know you you progress back to active alcoholism. So that's So I just, you know, did you ever, um, uh, unconsciously attach, you know, your recovery until, um, you know, to something else, like to make it to where, like, for instance, um, like getting that knowledge in the marrow of your bones. Did you ever like, um, think like, you know what, if I can stay sober for more than a year, or more than 30 days without going to a program or whatever, I'm not an alcoholic, right? Oh, of if, course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> if I can, if I can you're just... You're trying like, to convince yourself you're not yeah. from the moment that you think you might be. You know That's what really I mean? Good. Yeah, yeah. You just don't yeah. want to... You don't want to get that label. You, you've already like met the standard by the time you're realizing, oh, I don't want that. Yeah. You're probably already there. If At you're saying to yourself, I, I don't want to be an alcoholic, chances are you might be an alcoholic if <laughs> right? it's like, no, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like if you're if you are questioning whether you're an alcoholic or not, the chances are you're probably an alcoholic. Right. Probably. Yeah. So um, unless you're just really neurotic i think <laughs> yeah be... i had one drink and i'm totally an i mean the thing is i don't think regular drinkers have the thought of oh i'm an alcoholic because they don't necessarily have the same consequences that we do you know i i think maybe if they got drunk one night they might think oh that was a binge that was really bad but if they're not doing it every single night, then the thought of being an alcoholic probably won't even cross their minds. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. I'm not mm-hmm. one of them, but yeah, yeah. And I yeah, I can only imagine too, because so, I'm not one of them. Because I've never, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, because I've never really done that. So, um, so and then what about um, what about circumstances to stay sober? Have you ever um, like, you know, because I when I was trying to quit in that two years, like I would have some good weeks, you know, I would have some mm-hmm. good days and, um, and then I would celebrate, <laughs> but, yeah. but no, you know what I mean? It's like, it sounds kind of pointless and ridiculous, but we play all these games with ourselves in our drinking. And, and if you're playing these games more, you know, chances are, you know, you're probably, you know, if you give a, if you give a drunk a drink, chances are, uh, <laughs> you're gonna, yeah. he, he's gonna want another drink to go with it but you know so that was me i like i i would i would do the whole play in a game i would um you know go like two days and i would think to myself well you know i'm definitely not i'm controlling it right mm-hmm. um like i have the ability and that and that's kind of like this outside circumstance on top of my alcoholism like i think that i'm getting i think that i'm managing it and in reality like even that two days i am literally obsessed about Mm-hmm. drinking but i don't really like, want to acknowledge that 
you know, because who does that, right? You know, other than somebody who has a problem. So, and then um, in the other conditions, like, you know, if I had a bad day, like I was, I was much more apt to pick up a drink, you know, having a you know rough day at work or whatever, right? You know, it was like all that stuff, you know, it's just, it's just, it's all very outside conditional. And I, and, um, and though it may look like at times that like, I may be drinking because of circumstance. The truth really is, is that I'm just drinking and the circumstances happen to be there. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's life. Right. But you know, I mean, it didn't matter if it was raining or pouring or the sun was shining or the wind was blowing or not. I always found a reason to drink. And those to me were like the outside circumstances. What about you? Did you, what were your big circumstances to drink causes? So in recovery, especially like that first year, um, well, I guess I, I'll just say this and then I'll, I'll go backwards. Um, so when I first got sober, um, I thought, um, you know, who would have to die for it to be okay for me to drink again? Sure. And, and I thought I was crazy for having that thought. So I kept it to myself until I think I heard it talked about on this podcast, um, but yeah, I, I always felt like Because doesn't it sound just terrible? Yeah. It's just it it's like horrible. such a selfish fucking thought. Yeah. Well and to to put it like on someone or something else, like if this mm-hmm. happens, then I'm going to. You know, and mm-hmm. for me it was if my brother dies, like that that will just push me over the edge and everyone will understand. It'll be fine for me to drink because everyone will get it. Like I, I won't be condemned or you know everyone will will be accepting of it and um the more i've stayed sober the more i've realized much like they were saying um in the in the reading that sobriety helps you deal with life you know Mm -hmm. on life's terms and you have to kind of be in it for a while to get there um but but that was my crazy ass thinking in the beginning um and before that before i got sober i was trying to manage my drinking not my drinking i should say i wanted to lose weight you know everyone was all about like you know new new year's resolutions and mine was to lose weight and so I was hitting the gym every day and then I started realizing, okay, there's a little calorie counter on the treadmill. So whatever amount of calories I burn, um, half of that, like I can have a drink, you know, and I was doing all these crazy calculations like, okay, you can have one drink if you're in the gym for an hour on the treadmill. Okay. You can have two drinks if you here for like an hour and a half and it, it that never is very stuck. conditional. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. And so it never worked, though. Yeah. I would feel like, yes, I earned it. Like, I worked off this much. I'm working towards my goal of losing weight. And I knew alcohol was part of the problem. Um, but then I would just drink as much as I usually do. So mm-hmm. it it never it, worked. Yeah, yeah. Didn't it, mine was uh, uh, driving home from work. It was like, I, you know, as long as I... Yeah, you know, I, I will re- reward myself for sitting in this car. You know, if you had to sit mm-hmm. in traffic as much as I did, you'd drink too, <laughs> you know. In California so, too. Yeah, exactly, right? So in California traffic. So so you know, I guess you know, here's the other thing is like, you know, I um when I got sober, I said to myself, I will I will stay in the rooms for a year. I'll try sobriety for a year, right? Mhm. It's a it's a real simple. I think a lot of people do this kind of condition. You know, it's part of that. I don't know. It's just part of the thing, I guess. But like, because they think like, if I can stay sober a year, that means that I can handle it. That means that I don't have to. I don't have a real issue. You know, if I, you know, unless I, unless I pick up again, you know, or whatever, <laughs> you know, or whatever the fuck it is. But you know what? Like, I literally, I, I was bawling my ass off at a year in a meeting because. Um, you know, a couple things. One is that I made it a year. Uh, mm-hmm. The other is that um, I knew that I really had an issue, right? And that, like, and I couldn't even believe that, like, I, like, how much uh, 
progress I had made. I couldn't believe like how good I felt. I couldn't believe that like, oh my God, I can't believe that I ever made that deal with myself that I was just going to be there a year. Like how mm-hmm. self-limiting is that? Like, you know, yeah, I'm just going to give myself a year of good life and then fuck it all. <laughs> right? like, yeah. It's like, it but just that's the insanity of it. So insane. So goddamn insane. So um, what about you? Do you ever give yourself like a timeline? Like you're like, you know, I'll do six months and then if if everything goes well, I'll, you know, uh, I'll go back to drinking in six months. That means that I'm all healed and I'm good. Did you ever give yourself a timeline? Yes. I feel like this is just, you know, a lot of people probably go through this. So with my whole goal of losing weight and not necessarily getting sober, I was like, okay, well... I really need to lose the weight, so I'm just going to stop drinking for a month. You know, a month, I'll be good, and then oh, I yeah, can go back. Yeah, 30-day challenge. Yeah, yeah and then yeah, I yeah. can go back, and, you know, I'm not an alcoholic, so it's no big deal. It's just going to kind of give me that edge, and I'll work out every day. And um, then when I got sober, it took a couple tries. Um, but when I finally was able to get 24 hours without a drink, then I realized, oh shit, this isn't just I want to lose weight because now I've got a much bigger problem in that I can't stop thinking about alcohol and it's in my house and I'm really tempted and, and so I break anxious. down every time I try. Yeah. You know? yeah so yeah. um it was a it was a freaking battle, but um you know, once I got to that 30 days, I was like, okay, like look, I've lost like 10 pounds, like, okay, let's do another month, you know, and then another month went by and it got a little bit easier, like the cravings and stuff like that. Um, but I also realized, okay, this is still a problem for me. And I think sometime in that time frame, I went back to the first AA meeting I ever went to, um, where, um, I feel like I, I, grappled with the idea of, am I an alcoholic? Am I not? For like a good year. Um, But I was going to AA meetings and, you know, silently just, just uh, trying to decide if I was or wasn't. Mm -hmm. So while I wasn't sure, I continued staying sober and getting therapy and and doing those things. Um, And the longer I stayed sober, the more I realized, shit, I can't drink again because mm-hmm. bad shit happens when I drink. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was devastating in a way because it's it's my go-to. It's my crutch. It's my boyfriend. Like, it's everything that makes me feel better, even though, like... I just put aside like all the damage and pain that it caused me. I remembered the happy times and that's being taken away from me because I'm an alcoholic. Why me? Why do I have to have the Mm. problem? You know, why couldn't I just be, you know, born into a normal family and had a normal life and then I'd be a normal drinker. You know what I mean? But instead you're an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you were an alcoholic, you'd drink like me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess you know, um, you know, one of the things that you, you brought up, which is like the long term, like the longer you stay sober, the more easier it is to deal with all these other things that, like, mm-hmm. you, you start to they that do impact us. That do, I guess, I guess you know, we would look for our, our reasons, quote unquote, to drink. Right? Well, these would be like big reasons, you know, like unquestionable reasons why it would be okay for us to justify mm-hmm. our drinking. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, um, uh, somebody's death, right. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it's definitely something you kind of go like, wow. Like, you know, so, but you know, after a while, the, the brain shifts, right? Like the thinking about that stuff shifts. Why do you think that is? What do you think is like the thing that somebody who's just getting into recovery Say they got their thirty days. Say they've made it to their thirty day uh challenge. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now, now they're thinking about that. They'll drink it a year. And then they, you know, after that, what do you think? Um what do you where do you think that shift happens like in terms of thinking that it no longer becomes like an option? Like what where is the thinking that changes 
in that for you? Uh, for me, I think therapy helped me kind of come to that realization, um, probably quicker than I would have on my own because I didn't have, um, the major consequences that some people have, you know, I didn't lose my house or my job. I didn't get a DUI. Um, so it made it much easier for me to say, well, look, I'm not an alcoholic because everything's all good over here. Um, I think what really hit me was when I was in meetings and I had been to a few and I realized how much I identified with other people's stories. It was when I stopped comparing myself and trying to say, yeah, but I, you know, I didn't go through that. That doesn't apply to me. I don't think like that. To when I started listening to relate it to my own life and I was like, shit, this does sound like me. This is something I've thought. This is something I've done. Um, and not just something I've heard about. Like mm -hmm. when I started to identify that I belonged in that room and I belonged in that meeting, then I realized there's no way I can go back to not knowing that, mm -hmm. <laughs> not knowing that I belong here. What about yeah, you? I, I, I think, you know, um, uh, well, when I, when I would hear people's people identify as uh, well, first I had to learn like the basics of like what is an alcoholic in terms of mm -hmm. what do they consider alcoholism, right? Uh, and it was very simple uh, in terms of self because you 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 can only self identify what you're you know whether you're an alcoholic or not. Nobody else can tell yep. you whether you're an alcoholic or not. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, so the idea here was that uh, you know. When when I when I drink, I can't control the amount that I drink, always, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there may be times when I could have had one drink or whatever, right? But I, but could I do it consistently, right? Mm -mm. And that was just not the case. So, yep. so and then when I put down the drink for any period of time, and I mean any period of time, so whether it be like that twenty four hours that you were talking about, like you know, where you're like, fuck, just pour me one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like I I. I when I when I really tried and couldn't s stay stopped, right? So and when my thoughts were literally like I talked about it, like you know I get two days, but I would obsess about you mm -hmm. know when am I going to be able to drink for those two days? That's not what normal people do. That's not what normal drinkers do. Normal drinkers actually just go about their lives and shit, and they like, go to work and they take care of their families and they do whatever, right? And, but there's me like going like, you know, do I have any at home where, you know, you know, but, you know I need to make sure that I get to BevMo before it closes and da, 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 you know, all whatever. Right. Like my whole life in thinking was centered around mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol, period. Whenever I'm on drugs and alcohol, I am on drugs and alcohol. That's just like, the, and don't get in my way if you do. Right. So, you know, because otherwise I'm just going to be a dick uh, or shit's going to happen. But here's, here's just like you. I, I didn't lose a lot this time, mm -hmm. this time. You hear me? Yeah, this, time, this time. You know, but I lost before, right? And when I was doing drugs and stuff, and I lost a lot then, but then, but this time I was just doing alcohol. So, you know, hey, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, I was, I was progressing, right? Just like anything. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but you know, I also had, uh, um, uh, you know, um, I also had other casualties laying around me. I may, I my, my, my kids and my wife, you know, and, and of course, you know, my wife's going to take the responsibility to hold this end of the, you know, bargain up, right? She's going to try and not let it die. Yeah. And, you know, and so of course I didn't lose my house because somebody else was maintaining it. Mm -hmm. Of course I didn't, of course my bills are paid because somebody else was paying them. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, I just got home and drank, you know, I, of course I worked, but you know, I just got home and drank and that's really what I ended up doing. So, you know, I, uh, um, you know, I guess that's the thing. It's part of the circumstances. Like that's kind of, uh, that's the same stuff I held up as part of the circumstances too. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I, it, I made it through and did all those other things. Okay. So, um, so I guess, you know, our question here of the week is uh, what ifs do you or did you have about sobriety, right? So, um, so for me, um, 
the ifs like you know if and again mine were like if everything went well it's really pulled it out in here like i mm-hmm. expected i really did i fucking totally like i am sober everything should be going great right now like that <laughs> and that was a big struggle for me because that acceptance wasn't there for that shit you know and and that became a big part of like why i really appreciate like you know you know acceptance was the answer and those types of things because you know whenever i'm disturbed it's because something is wrong with me right and and that's the kind of the part of the thing is like i really did expect like that uh everything should go good because now i'm sober i mean i i literally just felt like that was going to be the answer for everything mm-hmm. and when it wasn't i was like i felt i was just i felt like i was just stumbling and just fucking like oh shit like this sucks and there are times in like those few, first few years where again i'm like i'm i'm fighting with my wife i'm leaning against the wall i am like fucking so fucking just despairingly like fucking screaming out like i can't do this anymore and then my wife thinks that i'm talking about our marriage and i'm literally talking mm. about sobriety mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know because mm-hmm. i can't live life sober anymore and um and i'm and i've fallen to my knees i'm in a fucking fetal position in my fucking bedroom and i literally fucking just cannot stand life sober anymore and those are the moments when i swear to you if i didn't have this program if i didn't have the people in it if i didn't have like the support that i was getting at home for well some of that support at the time for my recovery and and i in the and just going to those meetings and hearing all these messages like I would have absolutely fucking caved on this thing, right? Because yeah. my complete um, circumstance was shit, <laughs> and I and it should be better by now, right? And it wasn't, and that was destroying me. And I I'm so glad that I kind of, yeah. Again, same thing with you is like I I kept seeking those other things, whether it be therapy, whether it be like additional um, understanding of program recovery. Uh, outside philosophies, like all these other things that I needed to pull into my life in order to, quote unquote, make it better or come to acceptance of what life actually is, you know. So um, what about you? Did you have anything like that? Mm. Did you have any ifs about your sobriety? I guess, you know... Well, I just want to say one thing that I don't know what you said that brought it up, but part of the reason I didn't want to admit I was an alcoholic was because I felt like if I said it, I could never go back on it. Mm. Now, this is before I came to the realization, but you know, if I said I had a problem, then I could never go back on it. And if... I told anyone, then they would hold me accountable. And I didn't want to be accountable if I didn't know if I had a problem yet. Yeah, You know, it's just, um, but when I, but, but like you, um, I eventually told my family and I told my therapist, I told my boyfriend and I had committed to it at that point. I was like, well, I can't go back now. Everyone knows. And I didn't want to be that person who relapsed, you know, even Mm -hmm. if it wasn't a big deal and I didn't lose everything. I didn't want people to see me like that. Mm. Um, But my ifs, I don't know. That's a hard question. Um, I, I I remember in the beginning, it was all about the weight. If I lose 30 pounds, then I will drink again. You know, if I make it to a year, I'll drink again because it proves that I can stop anytime I want. Yeah. You know, you all the same ones I did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except for the weight. I didn't have the weight though, you know. So. Um, it, and, you know, you know, once I get a better job, like uh, once we get a house, like, you know, everything was conditional onto when I could drink again you know, when it would be acceptable and I could feel, um, not guilty for drinking again. But then the longer I stayed sober, um, and, and like you said, it sucked. Life was not better just because I stopped putting poison into myself. I actually had to do work to make it better. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not that instant gratification that 
I was thinking it would Nothing be. Nothing like the alcoholic state of mind. <laughs> no. And we are all about instant gratification. Oh, my God. In my yeah. experience, anyway. Yeah. Um, and and getting sober just isn't that. It's it's a it's um a marathon. It's not mm-hmm. a sprint. Mm-hmm. And you know, you get you get the I think I mentioned this on the last episode, but you you those promises will come to fruition if you wait long enough, if you put in the effort. Um but I I still, you know, even though I had told people, yeah, I have a problem with alcohol, I wasn't calling myself an alcoholic. I was just, you know, putting it nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I if I just get it under control, then then I can go back and do whatever I want, you know. Yeah. My my biggest one was literally like, you know, if my wife if my wife is happy, right? So mm-hmm. it's such a codependent kind of thing. <laughs> but, but yeah. But you know, I I did come across like what you're talking about is like that feeling of like um you know you start I started to get more like self-worth. I had more value mm-hmm. in myself as a human being without anything attached to it. Like I was worth more straight out of the bag, right? Skin and bones, right? You know, no no dollar amounts, no no status symbols, no anything else. I had worth and value just cuz I existed. And that is something that, you know, I started to have and I didn't I didn't have before. So I started to value myself a little bit more, started to make friends with myself more, started to get to know who I was too. Yeah. That was a that was a huge difference. Like I was like, Oh my god, like I care about what I'm doing right now. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm you know, like, enjoying this. Yeah, look at us, right? Uh and that was that was the kind of a thing. It's like so even in the days that like I really did get frustrated or I had some like those lingering reservations that did come up uh, you know i got sick you know i got uh you know uh, other things going on like i could have easily been like fucking yeah bring on the drugs right but mm-hmm. i didn't you know because that is not how i want to live because i have like started to value my own thinking my own clarity mm-hmm. of mind my peace of mind when it comes to that stuff the everyday living that goes along with that oh my god like it's like not having to clean up your mess from the night before or tell mm-hmm. another lie or create more bullshit or piss more people off or whatever the fuck it is like i just started to enjoy like hey this isn't a bad deal <laughs> like never mind all the things that i thought that i wanted because that's just the old version of me still trying to win one over on whatever <laughs> it was right but yeah, no, th- when I when you when you find like what they talk about in the promises like what you talked about, you know, a new freedom and a new happiness, right? And the reason they call these things new is because you don't know what the fuck those things are. You really mm-hmm. don't know <laughs> what that new freedom is or that new happiness. And it sounds like a little fucking like, you know, uh, evangelistic, I guess, but you know, but it's not. And I'm speaking from experience. I didn't know that I could have this freedom, the freedom that says, like, I don't have to be attached to anything. I can go where I want. I can, you know, do what I want whenever I want, blah, blah, blah. I don't have to, like, fucking blow into a fucking meter to get my car started. You know, <laughs> like, you know it's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can pick up my keys and, and go without having to second guess. I don't even have to go get, you know, like, you, you have your vape, right? You know, mm-hmm. I don't even have to do that shit anymore. Like, I don't have to make sure that shit's charged. I don't have to fucking, like, get the juice. <laughs> I don't have to go pay for that shit. I'm done, right? So, like, those are the outside influences that I no longer uh, need to deal with. And it is it is a new freedom. And that and, there, and, and a new happiness comes with that inner knowing, that inner um, understanding of who we are. Um, you know, when I look in the mirror, that is definitely a new happiness, right? You know, yeah, it looks a lot older and it's a little fl- flabbier and skinnier in <laughs> places that I don't like. But you know what? It's it's definitely a new happiness. That's for sure. Well, it's kind of interesting because on the last episode you said, you know, I didn't really know what love was, mm-hmm. you know. And now this episode, I feel like what you're saying is I didn't know what happiness was. I didn't know mm. what freedom mm. was. Yeah. And in yeah. sobriety, you discovered that, which I feel like I went through this the same, you know, mm-hmm. I, I thought happiness was getting drunk at a party, you know, and having a good time. Um, and I thought not drinking meant I would never be happy again, but I'm happier than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm ha- like, I have depression, but I have 
mostly good days. Yeah. You yeah, know, and yeah, sobriety yeah. has afforded me that. Um, and the freedom, God, the freedom is, you know, I always worried about, well, actually I didn't worry about it, but I realized when I was sober, you know, if there was an emergency, I could drive to that emergency. I could drive to the hospital and not be drunk, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, and that was something I thought about. Um, I think because my grandfather had a heart attack and it was in the evening and Normally I would be drinking, but mm. I hadn't. And I was the first person to the hospital, you know, and I was like, thank Everybody God. Everybody else is trying sober. to get sober, getting coffee. You. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's there's freedom in that, being able to just get up and go and not having yeah, yeah. limitations and not being held back by a drink or a drug. So My, my littlest one has, has been to the hospital uh, more times than any of my other mm. children. But thank God. Uh, I've been sober every every visit, you know, um, and that's the the idea is like uh, I never it, it always it always occurred to me driving to the hospital uh, every mm -hmm. time. Like I was just like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I like this could be this it, this could be 10 times worse because I would have literally hopped. But you know, here's the thing. I, I probably would have just never driven. I probably would have waited for my wife to get home, you know, because that's how fucking helpless. <laughs> I said, no, no, I was just a helpless son of a bitch, too. You know, yeah. and, and it's like, and I, and I just, and uh, again, you know, every time I'm in touch with my wife, it was like, she even offered, right? And I'm like, no, I'm taking her. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, it's like, you know, because I'm fucking sober. I don't need to worry about that shit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, very, very different. Very different. So next week, uh, we are, we're going to, it's, it's kind of like back to, boy, this is like really back to basic is being wary of drinking occasions. Hmm? I know we're, we're just going to go right back into, uh. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's good because, you know, we got the holidays coming up. We got Thanksgiving. We got, uh, you know, the Christmases, you know, yep. we got the New Year's. I Kwanzaa. mean, these are, we got, we got Kwanzaa. We also got, uh, we also got Super Bowl, right? Yep. Super you know, Bowl. I mean, we got, we got things coming up that we're, New you know, Year's. Yep. That's it. All right. So it's a good, it's a good topic to being worried because these are all very drinking occasions, aren't they? Mm -hmm. So even I mean, like, every day was an occasion, yeah. but those were like even more of an occasion. Yeah, yeah. and like Tuesday's coming up, and <laughs> and then Wednesday, <laughs> and every, there's always a weekend, you know. So so yes, this will be a really good topic. The tricky occasion. All right, yo. So that's it. We're out of here. Um, do you have anything to say? Oh, you know what? Uh, we we didn't do any um um uh, housekeeping. So uh, housekeeping. Uh, so a uh, couple things which is we have a uh, silverpot.com we have a member section so please go there consider uh becoming a member it's two dollars a month uh and then if you're um oh and just so you're aware i am shutting down uh our season uh of the 12 steps 2019 mm. i it is slowly dripping away so i've cut back this is I, I'm going to make this commitment uh, is that we're going to cut it off at uh, step four. So it'll go all the way up to step four. And then uh, you can pay a dollar, a dollar, a dollar a month, dollar. a dollar a month to continue on. Uh, and then and then to, to hear the rest of the uh, the 2019 season step. So we're probably going to change the intro a little bit. But either way. Um, so, uh, you know, and I, I'll give you a tip. Some of these are still available on the website without having to go through your regular aggregator. You can actually just go and listen on the website. I'm not going to pull those down, so those are still there. If you really want them, you can go do that. Uh, and then uh, we are part of the Fire Network. The Fire Network is a, is a conglomerate, if you will, of like-minded individuals in recovery who are all headed in the same direction, who are all do something similar in recovery. So if you're doing a podcast, I don't care if it's a blog or if it's an app or if it's a you know, video blog or whatever it is that you're doing, some daily meditation thing, we want to be um, uh, a part of each other's uh, digital circle, if you will. So please come join us and we will uh, start to include you on all the other things that we're going to be doing. It's to come. It really is to come, but it is still being worked on. So, you know, big plans take, you know, big time. Uh, <laughs> so then, um, and what else? What else do we have going on? Oh, SOS meetings. Saturdays yes. at 4, 4 p.m. 
Pacific Standard Time. I didn't make it today because we were too busy picking up a puppy. But um, but yes, uh, please attend the SOS meetings. You can go on the website and see a little red box there. It has a little life preserver and says SOS. Uh, and there you'll find all the info for that Zoom meeting at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with V and friends. Anything else? Yes, you can join SoberPod Live, which is our private Facebook group. Um, get some support, get some uh, daily content, not daily, weekly content from Bang and Bod Phil. Um, he does his exercise class every Saturday. So you could just make it a sober Saturday, wake up with Phil, and then end your day with V. I think it'd be great. And then yeah. um, to go there. Saturday's can... kind of the day, isn't it? It's the day. Yeah. Um, so go to facebook.com slash groups slash SoberPod. And that's where you'll find SoberPod Live. You can also find us on Twitter at SoberPod. Um, I, think, I think that's it. You can Instagram too because we're silver pot oh yeah silver pot on instagram whatever whatever either way um uh you can also get a a dick pic on uh <laughs> on what tinder grinder <laughs> my phone number only is... fans <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it i think that's all she wrote that was that was a really nice episode thank you thank you chelsea what does the chelsea say chelsea says deuces what does the carl say what does he say? What does he say? He says, um, stay active, stay sober, see ya. That's it. Goodbye. Peace.